0: It's Friday, February 17th. I'm Josh Gabalich, and this is AFL Daily. On the agenda this morning, the Out of Contract stars to keep an eye on this year. From Cozzy Pickett to Darcy Parrish and all the other big names in between. Plus, what does success look like for Hawthorne in 2023? I'm joined by Damien Barrett this Friday morning. Damo, plenty to discuss in the trade space. We think back to last October, the D's they lost Luke Jackson wouldn't it be disastrous if they lost Cozy Pickett by the end of this year
1: it wouldn't be ideal would it uh, because uh, as much as they're quite excited as to how Brody Grundy looks as a, as a as an in for them on, on the back of losing Jackson to the the dockers um the thought of losing another high draft pick from that same Jackson draft in in Cozy pickett um, would, would be of some concern um I mean Gary you're in this space pretty regularly what is the talk on pickett I know he hasn't signed yet is it is it something that we we feel is going to play out throughout the entirety of the the season?
0: I get the sense, Domo, that this might drag on throughout the season and we've got to think about Cosie Pickett he grew up in WA. He finished his school in South Australia. Port Adelaide was a club that showed a fair bit of interest last October. I'm sure they'll renew that interest this year. So he will have a lot of options outside of Victoria, and I'm sure he'll have some options inside Victoria as well. Look, there's going to be a heap of players in that
1: in that bracket, aren't there? The, the one that I'm um, I, I am fascinated by because I, I really rate him as a player is Tom Deconing from from Carlton and. How Carlton chooses to, to use him this year, and, and and the already established interest in him with how his uh, younger brother Sam just had a almost an All Australian year in, in his first full season of, of football, an extraordinary t- extraordinarily talented player, and someone who had major impact in a premiership team. And I, I I felt at some stages in in the in the first half of the season last year that, that Tom was tracking really nicely as well. Now he, his form fell away, didn't it, um, at the back end of the year, and he enters. 2023, I, I think one of the more intriguing players in the entire competition you, you can take it and it is factual Gabo, that, that St Kilda's already put the interest levels in him and, and that's been ramped up officially with Stephen Silvani officially joining the Saints as um, as their head recruiter now so he obviously got into Carlton, has felt that he was uh, underdeveloped at Carlton in a previous regime and he certainly looked at what happened to him in 2022 and he's keen to see, keen to see and, and keen to explore a, uh, a potential future again with him on, on his list I could also tell you too, Gabo, that the um, the, the, uh, the Cats themselves obviously have a connection there with him through Sam. Um, they're interested to see what happens, and I don't know whether they'd have enough money to, to squeeze him in, but they're certainly interested. And the Swans are another club that's uh, shown a lot of interest in him already to this stage, and I believe Hawthorne too. So th- there's four clubs who are already looking very closely at Tom De
0: Koenig before the season even starts. Well, Damo, Tom De Koenig really fascinates me because if you think about Carlton the past six months, they've... They've gone and re-signed Charlie Kernow for six years, Harry Mackay for seven years in November. I mean, Tom DeConing heading into 2023 is the key priority for Michael Voss and Nick Austin and Brad Lloyd and that football department I want you to play a bit of a crystal ball with me for a second in eight months time will he still be at Princes Park or do you think someone will be able to prize him out of
1: there I think it's line ball at, at best I mean it's it's not ideal for a club as a rule to have someone I think of this talent going into a season where he's out of contract to not sign by the state so that that's that's just stating the, the the fact part of it and um you know you, you then layer it with the conversations you have with um you know people in that trade space and and then clearly um, they're, they're well aware of Situation and, and they're key to see. I don't know where, where he plays best, Gab, but I think that's part of the uh, dilemma around him. I mean, you've mentioned those two players there and Kurnow and and, and Mackay. That the, the past two. Coleman medalist, so he's not going to be playing centre forward or full forward. So, if he does to if he used to settle as a forward, it's it's around those guys, not 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 in one of those two key posts that they assume. So, how it looks and and where he plays, and look, he, he certainly at times early in the season last year showed some genuine talent as a ruckman. But yeah, again, he didn't finish the season in that position, did he? Um, with with a lot of authority. So yeah, I, I, I'm just going to really be watching this guy as closely as anyone in that in that out of contract space this year.
0: It's a great point you make. I don't even think Michael Voss knows where his best position is just yet. We've seen Mark Pitnett take that number one ruck mantle as well. So I want to keep an eye on as we head into round one. But Dummer, you and I are both big fans of Jade Gresham. We haven't seen him at his best for an extended period of time. He's been crueled by injuries, especially in the last few years. He had the PCL reconstruction. Back in July last year, he had the Achilles, he had the stress fractures in his back. It just hasn't got going. I mean, if you think about where St. Kilda are at right now in a Ross line, they couldn't lose him, could they? It would be a big, big loss given how little A-grade talent they've got.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it, it is it's it is a significant point because they don't have a list that's stacked with, with, as you say, serious talent. Now, there's some good players on the list and... I mean, Max King stood could still be anything. I mean, he's got to go and do it, but he and he's obviously uh, set back injury wise as well. And and you know what you get every single week with Jack Steele, and and, and arguably Jade Gresham's you know the, the next best when it comes to it, and and could be the best um, if he ever got a fair crack at it with his body. But yeah, for for him also to be out of contract and. You just don't know what happens with a new coach. I can't imagine how Ross Lyon wouldn't want him to be a uh, part of his mix, but you, you just don't know how players react to the new coach as well. So, um, yeah, it, the, the talent's there, isn't it, Gabbo? It's just that the injuries uh, have always curtailed him. A couple of older players interest me too, Gabbo, obviously coming toward the closer to the end of their careers, and it may well be the last season for, for Scott Pendlebury. It may be the last season for Steel Sidebottom. Um is, is it possible? Because I, I, I feel it is strongly possible that they could be like a Sam Mitchell slash Luke Hodge type of arrangement. Grant Birchell, great players at one club for their career to this point, but then being of significant interest to a club um, as, as Mitchell was to West Coast, on, on the move toward another premiership um, some years after that. And and obviously, uh, Birchall and before him, Hodge at, at Brisbane Lions. So I just feel there's a, something to play out in that space with those two guys.
0: Well, Scott Penderbury is on the cusp, almost, of 400 games. If he gets through the next two seasons, 400 games, geez, it would be a shame if he didn't do that with the same club in the black and white. I mean, he's the game's record holder, the longest serving captain in the game's history, and clearly one of the best players in the history of the Collingwood Football Club, I just couldn't see it. I think he's going to get enough coaching opportunities once his time is up that yeah. he doesn't need to do that. But having said that, Luke Hodge didn't need to do that. Sam Mitchell probably didn't need to do that. It just depends on how soon Scott Penbury wants to be a senior coach because now we know why Sam Mitchell went and did it. He wanted to go and see another football environment after 15, 16 years under the same roof. We
1: well, also yeah, he also wanted, he also wanted the, yeah, the, the, the ability to keep playing on and and, and and Hodge, same. I mean, he Hodge was about to, well, told people he was about to retire and then took a two-year deal at the uh, at the Lions. And, and again, it um, w- was crucial to that club's the Lions, um, you know, foray back into the finals of significance. So i got no idea whether Pendlebury will, would entertain that idea. But I, I, I do know clubs, you know, are, are putting it in the backs of their minds to have as a conversation at, at some stage, um, depending and, and, and pending um, Scott's form. Because coming off 2022, I mean, it, it was as good as he's, played um i think in a relative sense i mean he's a he's as smart as uh, there's been and he still had major impact and that five's another one too Gabo, in that bracket too i mean and, and again I, I have felt in the past he he has um explored in his head the possibility of getting away from from perth but wh- how that looks at this latest stage of his career and, and the banged up nature of his body well we're not going to get any clarity on that until he um gets a chance to try and play some footy in 2023
0: Tom Duday is one that really fascinates me. He's been a talking point since Jordan Dawson was announced as Rory Sloan's successor. This is fascinating. I mean, he's 25. He's been a stalwart for them in terms of playing regular senior football for a fair bit of time. He's a Geelong boy, a Victorian. He feels gettable doesn't he? I mean, I'm not too sure how much I read into being snubbed of the captaincy, but he feels a bit gettable.
1: Yeah, he does. I mean, it's been, it has been wouldn't be the first time his, his name's been thrown around either. Um, I, I don't read too much into players not getting captaincy and then that being a, the, the precursor to them wanting to leave a club just because they're out of contract. I, I've never... Um, I visualise Tom Duday as being that type of person either. He's always he just seems to be all in, doesn't he? And and you know he's had a, you know, you know his teammates do love him. So I again, I, I don't read missing out in the captaincy as being crucial to this decision that he's got to make. I mean, albeit, he has to make that decision himself, doesn't
0: he? I totally agree. I, I think if Everything you hear about Tom Duda, if he's he's going to crack it over being overlooked, it's not the person that we've heard about at that club. Just lastly, Damon, before we, we move on, there are three at Essendon, three stars at Essendon. It's obviously a new era under Brad Scott, but Darcy Parrish looms as one of the biggest free agents in the pool this year. Mason Redman had a tremendous season last year, and he's clearly in that captaincy discussion right now. Peter Wright won the best and fairest. Mm. Three players that they need to re-sign.
1: I, um, I really like the way Redman carries himself on a, on a footy field. I, I don't claim to know if he's got the captaincy material. He certainly is interested in, in, in being a, a candidate and a serious candidate for it. Um, I just loved what he did Um, in, in times of adversity last year for his for his footy club and you can see he is a leader of sorts regardless of the, the official title. Yeah, Darcy Paris is interesting, isn't he? He had a really good 2021, not so good in 2022, but it wasn't, by any stretch, a bad season. It just wasn't as impactful and ultimately he's got a big decision to make as the, as the club does too I mean are they going to go further with him on their list or do they explore the possibilities and the and the and the, and the lucrative um, stock that he would you know clearly attract by way of a trade, at the end of the year, again we're we're speculating way in advance here because these new coach hasn't even seen him um, play uh, a game seriously under his watch, and I'd imagine Brad Scott. The way he, I think I know Brad Scott, he'll, he'll be giving every single player on that club's list every single chance to uh,
0: to prove their worth and to and to stay as a as a bomber plenty to play out in the trade space across the next eight months keep your eyes and ears out forgettable the newest show on afl.com.au that will launch ahead of round one with co-hosts Kal Toomey and Riley Beveridge to bring you all the latest news and the biggest interviews in the player movement space but coming up next on AFL Daily how to assess Sam Mitchell's Hawks in 2023
1: G'day, I'm Roy. I'm warning And I'm Calvin. And we're the Traders, your fantasy experts. It's the best time of the year because it's fantasy draft season. Play the most exciting format of AFL Fantasy where every player is unique. If I've got pick one, I'm taking Josh Dunkley and no one else can have him. Draft Day is super fun where you take it in turns picking players with your league mates before launching into head-to-head matchups, where your team scores points based on your players' performances each round. Head to fantasy.afl.com.au to create a league and draft your Way to the ultimate bragging rights.
0: Welcome back to AFL Daily. Now, Damo, I've spent a fair bit of time around Hawthorne in the past couple of months. I've been on a preseason camp. Was at the intro the other day? I've spent time around the club. The question I get asked a lot is: how do we assess Hawthorne this year? When we think about all the experience they lost during the trade period last year, Ben McAvoy retired. Liam Shields also retired and then got another opportunity at North Melbourne. How do we assess them this year? Because it feels a bit difficult to just assess them in terms of win-loss.
1: Oh, I don't, I don't think it's that difficult at all, gabo I, I just can't see them winning six games of footy. Now, I mean, that, that's just the number, of, you know, um, that, that I'm happy to say at the start of the year. And, and look, that may well be a good result. But they certainly, Gabo, haven't um, done anything on their list and their list um, – composition for 2023 that suggests that, that they want to have a good season. Now, Sam Mitchell's one of the more confident people you'll ever see in footy, and, and he's got reason to be that way, and, and he's not going to second-guess or doubt himself at any stage of, uh, of his time in the game. So he, he will be preparing them to, to win a more, more than that amount of games. But, I mean, when you trade out and choose to trade out, ultimately, Jack Gunston, Tom Mitchell, Jager O'Meara, on top of losing that experience to which you just referred to... And then, at the same time, have a mixed message of bringing someone like a Carl Eamon in. Um, and just on the Carl Eamon situation too, gabo, he he was bemused. and and that's probably a, a tame word as to what he was. when When it dawned on him that the club was just clearing out a lot of significantly talented players in that trade period of last year, having got him to commit to leave. Port Adelaide and, and head their way. So, again, these things can be patched up. And, and again, a couple of nice matches earlier this season, all those issues will go away. But he certainly was uh, confused with the strategy given he uh, he felt he was entering a football club that wasn't about to go down that path. I think we saw you know some emergence of some individual players last year and the obvious ones being you know, Mitch Lewis or Jai Newcomb or Dylan Moore and players, players like that. And I think if we see the continued growth of that group along with some others... Um, that, that's what that's what success will look like, but um, certainly no no limit or, or aim as far as wins and losses, particularly not um, when I'm on
0: camera. That was the voice of Sam Mitchell talking to Cal Toomey on AFL.com.au. You can hear the extended interview this weekend. Talking about the strategy there, demo of the the list cuts... In reality, have they cut too hard? Is it going to be a really difficult watch for Hawthorne supporters this year? It's going to be a long winter, you get the sense.
1: Yeah, I, I, I do. And and again, I, I don't doubt Sam Mitchell's ability to, 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 to be the best he can be in what will be second year as coach. But but I feel they've cut way too deep. And I mean, I, I make that as my own opinion. I, I speak to other footy clubs and, and they're, they've they got their eyebrows raised as to how hard these cuts were made last year. And what what... There is, there's no guarantee, Gabo, by making... The cuts that they've made and and, and and in the nature that they've made them, that there's a guaranteed success to come at the end of it. That There's no guarantee of that. Um, I don't know which players are on their list that are jumping off as being all-time great Hawks in the future either. Now, you're in the space far better than I am in that and I'm really keen to get your opinion on who you rate on that list as we have this conversation about Hawthorne, but unless they hit, really hit the free agency market hard as soon as at the end of next season and get some, um, some quality in, I, I I just don't see a
0: natural progression from the the hard cuts leading to success. Dumbo, the reason why I say I wouldn't be assessing them in terms of win-loss this year, I think it's around getting as much football into these first and second round picks that they've had across the last two, three, four years. I'm talking about Josh Ward, pick seven last year. Will Day, another first round pick. Cam McKenzie, Josh Weddle, they were first round picks last year. Sam Butler, Connor McDonald. CJ only played 14 games last year. He's only in his fifth year. If they can get 15 to 20 games into those that group of players. Denver Granger-Barras, we haven't seen him at his best yet. He's a pick six. If they can get a lot of football into them, I think it's going to fast-track this rebuild. But there's no question, this is a savage rebuild. It's amazing yeah, to think yeah. what their forward line is going to look like, especially with no Mitch Lewis to start the season. And that, that's the other issue too, isn't it? I mean, you know, you know how good a player he
1: was um, last year. And, and and with all the cuts they made and and the way they're set up and the way their forward line is going to operate – They needed Lewis to be available, and
0: unfortunately, he's not for for some time. And Damo, Jack Guns is the one, I think. I think when you think about his finish of the year, 17 goals in those last five games, I reckon he won a couple of games off his own boot in a way. I think it's going to really hurt come the middle part of the season. But that's all we've got time for on this morning's edition of AFL Daily. You can listen to the full interview with Sam Mitchell this Sunday morning at 6 a.m. Subscribe to listen to your coach across the next month ahead of round one. We'll be back on Monday with plenty more on AFL Daily.